This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robin's Review. A rotten game was Nigel's summation, and for the majority, it was. The game lacked drive, enthusiasm, and that sort of quality that we've been used to in recent weeks. And Rotherham missed a few really good chances. But in the 79th minute, enter Tommy Conway to take the game by the scruff of the neck, and it was clinical finishing that saw us walk away with all three points. Lee's three words were Tommy Conway baby and his little synopsis Tommy Conway provides some championship quality to what felt like a national league game lads look very tired physically and mentally uh Matt you made the long trip up and back in the same day uh which I think it was a six or seven hundred maybe I'm not sure on the number of people that traveled but massive commitment as always and uh yeah fantastic fantastic result at the end of the game your thoughts on on uh, your trip it's, do you know it's, it's a trip i quite like rotherham um it's it's convenient in terms of parking um when you get there um you know the, the stadium nice new stadium um got to see tom and adam um from the podcast as well um so it's good from that point of view can't can't disagree what nigel said um i don't think there was a single city fan that didn't expect the sort of game that took place really um, because Rotherham, uh, you know, a, a physical side, Matty Taylor's trying to get them to play a better style of football. Um, and to be fair, they they looked they looked pretty decent at times, but didn't really carve us open. Um, we defended really well. Rob Dickey was superb. Um, and as you say, Tommy Conway comes on the field in 79 minutes and the two moments of real quality in that game um, won us the points. So, you know, that, that game's patch that we would have lost in seasons gone by. Mm. And it kind of shows just where we are as a as a team, really, a squad, that they've still got that belief. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I got him at one o'clock and it was still buzzing. Um, I watched, I'll admit, I didn't watch the whole game. I watched most of the second half when I got home. Um, and just to see those goals again because they were just moments of absolute quality yeah apart from a few a few moments up until like yeah as I say the 79th minute really I was just thinking about all those people that have made that long trip and you know you were just rewarded by you know those those two goals alone was worth traveling for it's it's funny I was chatting to to Tom in the concourse and sort of said that it was the Tuesday night, it had been five years since I'd made a similar trip away to Rotherham and it ended nil-nil. Um, and I just thought it had nil-nil written all over it as the game went on. Um, as I say, the most likely winners looked to have been Rotherham, you know, as the game was progressing. Um, but we did defend really well. Um, you know, there were a couple of moments. Obviously, we'll talk about some of the incidents, but I thought the referee was really, really poor. Um, but all, all in all there, you know, those are the games you look back on. And, and you won't really remember. Oh, you'll never forget. You'll never you, forget no, that. You, and you, you won't really remember the performance. You'll just remember the goals. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's, um, again, it, it's, it was an important win patch on the back of a disappointing defeat to Stoke. So we go to Ellen Road on Saturday, which will be so, so difficult. Um, and it's funny how these, 
these sort of um, historical situations. And I know obviously Leeds have been in different divisions to us for a lot of the time, but I don't think we've beaten Leeds at Ellen Road since 79. So, oh, yeah, I you know, you it kind day, of shows, I? well, there you go. It kind of shows just how to, I think it was on Radio Bristol, actually, I heard that. Well, no, um, you said it on Radio Bristol, but I said it I on the podcast, remember? Ah, right, fair enough. Come on, no, I don't, I don't remember sources, right. I'm giving the credit to Rich Hoskins for that one. No. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, it just shows they've done it. 70, 79, that shows how difficult a game it's going to be, you know, just because the history does seem to all stay, doesn't it? But, yeah, we, at least we can go there in a positive mindset. Bit of admin, uh, massive congratulations to Sam Bell on his new contract. That was lovely to see drop into the Twitter account of Bristol City. And what a great video as well to boot. Richly deserved, as I said, for Sam Bell, what, Matt. Do you know what, Patch, on, on those sort of things, and, and you, you having played youth football, me having coached at it, lovely to see the nod to Nelsy as well. Yeah. And, you know, he's Nelsy's one, one of Nelsy's own, but also paying, you know, Homage to Nelsie Football Club as well, which is great to see because these players, yeah, you get a few that go straight into academies, but most of them start off at, you know, these um, local teams. Um, so it's great. It's a great sort of, you know, kudos for them. And, and it's, it's the sort of thing that will make players want to join Nelsie because they know that Sam <laughs> Bell played there. So, yeah, yeah br- brilliant news for him and well-deserved on this season. Absolutely. I think you said, was it is his 50th cap recently? Yeah. Um, incredible incredible and he, he's having a real impact in the on the season yeah talking of appearances it was the 200th club appearance for Andy Vyman as well so he joined the club you know five years ago and has become a massive part club captain and still contributing and uh, yeah coming back from injury I'm sure he'll play a big part now for the rest of the season uh, undoubtedly um, and and it's very much a player that I hope the new regime that we've got there in the new structure are talking to um, about a new contract um, and similarly with Joe Williams who I thought spoke really really well if you've not seen the club video with with Joe with the pre-match sort of um, presser against Rotherham um, you know talking about how much he loves the city how much he loves the club um, so you know I'd, I'd like to think we're talking with, with I know he said that they haven't been yet but it's certainly something in, in and around Christmas you think they'll they'll be looking to do I would think well, the game was up north, and you sat next to our guest, Northern Carling Tom. How are you, sir? Tell us how you are out of 10. I'm very well at the minute. I've got a bit of a croaky voice at the moment, courtesy of Tommy Conway. But <laughs> other than that, I'm a real good 9 out of 10, to be honest. Um, wow. I've had a real good week. I've, I'm on annual leave at the moment for three days. I went to Robin on Wednesday, and I get to see City again on Saturday, so... To see Bristol Time City, yes. So to see Bristol City in the space of four days, it's not something that happens very often for me, if ever, to be honest. So I'm really, really looking forward to tomorrow, and I really, really enjoyed Wednesday, and I'm really looking forward to sitting down with you two to talk about this. Yeah, well, talk absolutely. About, talk about the Rotherham game, should I say? Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Obviously, <laughs> Bristol City fans in the main are moaning about the fact that uh, it's two trips to Yorkshire in the space of three days, but Tom's loving it. Do you know what? Um, obviously, mate, mate of ours, but you would think Tom was brought up in the the, the most Bristolian and Bristolian places in the city because he absolutely loves it. It was a real pleasure sitting next to him um, and seeing him chant and sing the Harry Cornick song like he was asked to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was brilliant, um, absolutely brilliant. And similarly with Adam Adam Gould as well, um, who 
worryingly, after the second goal, we lost. <laughs> it, was because, <laughs> it was because he'd raced down the front and was dancing and then subsequently caught on the uh, the celeb videos. But yeah, yeah br- brilliant to see Tom in, um, com- you know, a- magical and that he gets to see a couple of games uh in quick succession like that so yeah looking forward to seeing him again on saturday yeah good stuff right the starting lineup tom to you first tanner and wells coming out gardner hickman and cornick coming in um tanner was kind of expected because of an injury and gardner hickman seems to be the replacement for him at right back at the moment um but wells for cornick your thoughts on that one i thought before he had to go a little bit more physical to be honest i know we haven't really got the choice of physical strikers in the side because it's not the sort of style we're playing but I thought out of probably the three four strikers we do have Cornick's probably the most physical he's got the best bit of height about him so it made sense going up against a very big and a very physical Rotherham side for me yeah Matt to you um obviously Wells Cornick is that is a the, chuckle brother thing then I, I to me to you a, a, <laughs> yeah, a Rotherham yeah. chuckle brother thing yeah oh absolutely <laughs> um actually Matt we didn't do a check-in with you and I we, well how we are you out of 10 I'm probably a good eight this morning. Um, okay. Yeah, I've had, I've had a yeah a, a bit of a man flu, but yeah, I'm a good eight. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm an eight as well. I, I'm still a bit buoyant after after Wednesday night's last 10, 15 minutes and uh, had a good day yesterday. Apologies for the delay on the podcast, everybody, but uh, sometimes work does get in the way. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm also an eight looking forward to a, a long trip tomorrow up to Leeds. Uh, yeah, so starting lineup, Matt. Wells for Cornick. Like Tom said, I think we knew it was going to be physical. Um, I think that probably means Naki will start on Saturday because mm. um, Nigel Pearson made kind of reference to the fact there will probably be changes between Wednesday and Saturday. Um, and the Tanner one, from listening to Curtis Fleming's pre-match, um, they were trying to give him every opportunity to, to make it. Um, so, you know, you, you, you would think potentially if George is then fit for Saturday, he comes back in. And it wouldn't surprise me if um, if Gardner Hickman went into the midfield um, and maybe gave Joe, Joe Williams a bit of a rest um, or maybe even Jason Knight. I, I personally wouldn't rest Jason Knight, but um, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, I, I think it was the physicality that was the, the difference. Okay, right into the minutes then. Second minute, Rathbone finds space and Joe Williams makes a lunging tackle, but Bramble's free kick is well over. So we are right up against it, Matt, from the off, first of all. And uh, yeah, so Joe Williams has to come in and and make a lunging tackle. And uh, yeah, it's we're under the cosh. Yeah, I mean, I dispute that slightly. I don't think he has to make that lunging tackle. I think that's a, a Joe Williams tackle all day long that is a dangerous area. And it is something that, you know, He's an experienced player now, Joe. He needs to really learn about that. Um, one of the things that that made me laugh, actually, Patch, is that Sam Bell then obviously led behind the wall. Um, oh, yeah. And having, having watched it back, there was kind of a, a, a real camera focus on him. But we were talking about it in, in the, the stadium. I can't recall many goals that have hit the man behind the wall that's led down. Uh, or many, many free kicks that have. So whether it takes that, I mean, obviously it takes the low Option shot out of eight, the way, yeah. it takes it out of the way. But even before that, there weren't many goals that were scored like that, were there? But I always find it's a little bit of a strange one, really. It was quite funny on the commentary as well on Sky because they did say, oh, he's the youngest player, so he has to work. He has to lie down it was, was it? Yeah. and be the draft excluder. I, I did wonder why <laughs> they'd focused on it. But yeah, it was it, it was a needless challenge. Um from where we were, because obviously it was, it was at our end, I think both me, Tom, um, or all of us, me, Tom and Adam, 
all took a bit of a sigh of relief because mm. he hit it as a kind of a bit of a knuckleball and it really dipped quite late. So Max was kind of quite, yeah, well over the bar. But actually, you know, another couple of yards out, um, and you're thinking, yeah, that 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 could have been really serious. So yeah, it was, yeah uh, n- need this and gave them a really positive start patch. Did yeah, it was. Um, congratulations on your new contract. Now get down on the floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sixth minute, Rotherham attacking down the right hand side and get the cross in, but it's a great clearance with a back header from Rob Dickey, who gets a bash on the head in the process. Tom, uh, we've already said that Dickey had a great game, and that was the first time that he had to sort of get in there get his head in there where it hurts, and he certainly did get hurt. Really really impressed with Rob Dickey. If it wasn't for Tommy Conway in his um, cameo appearance, if you want to call it that, he's, he's probably my man of the match, Rob Dickey, to be honest. I thought he kept Ugal in his pocket all game, and he was just a really, really good, solid defensive performance from Dickey. That chance, I'll be honest with you, I can't, rem- I can't really remember a lot about the first half, so I can't really comment on that chance. I'm surprised in you can remember but... anything about the game at all, mate. <laughs> I, can, to be fair. I, can, I, can, I can remember pictures of Carlin coming through about midday. <laughs> well, I couldn't check into my hotel till today. Dickie, yeah, he had a tremendous game, but that chance now, I mean, I'm just reading the reading through the minutes on the Bristol Live for, for whatever reason, I can't recall that moment, but he had a solid game, Dickie. Yeah, that Matt, that was really important, that that save, that saving header that he made because yeah. the Rotherham guy was literally in behind him what, to, to head it home. What surprised me is for, first, obviously watching it live there, um, it looked like a free kick all day long on Dickie um, and the ref didn't get it. So and I've not watched it back, so I'd be interested to know from your point of view whether you think it was, but great, great header, great defender. Well, he was going... Off. From memory, I think he was going for the ball as you as you would get your head in, try and get a head on the ball, and he heads Rob Dickey's head instead of the ball. Exactly. Um, so it should be a free kick, shouldn't it? From so that point go. of view. So yeah. But eighth minute, it's uh continued the nervous start. Joe Williams plays the ball across the back. Uh it's inter- intercepted by the Rotherham striker, but luckily he shoots over. So we're giving the ball away, Matt, quite early on, a couple of times. Yeah, and, and it's it's a thing that I really, really hate is after he's done it, he gives it the old arm up. Sorry, yeah, sorry, lads. It's like, just don't do it. It, it was such a stupid ball across. Very much like the goal that the, the Stoke kid he gave away. I, I mean, that was obviously more um, backwards as opposed to central. But, you know, that's basic stuff, in it? To play the ball across the pitch centrally like that and pick their man out. Again, just, just giving the opposition that impetus. Um, and, you know, you're talking about a team that, yes, I think they'd only... Um, They'd beaten Norwich at home, if I'm right. I don't think I think they'd lost once at home, maybe to Leicester. I don't know. Um, That's right. But you know, second from bottom, so they wouldn't have been full of confidence. It wasn't a big crowd, so we really should have got at them. But we've given them moments to get them straight into the game. Twenty-first minute, Rotherham on the break, and it's an outswinging cross, well cleared by Campering, and up the other end, the ball falls on the edge of the box to Matty James, who swipes his shot wide. So. 21st minute, Tom, is our first real sort of bit of pressure on onto Rotherham to create something. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's a uh, shot well wide. Yeah, I was, I was saying to Matt, I can't remember if it was before the game or if it was around this sort of time, that I wish we would go against these teams and sort of put in a performance like we did against um, Plymouth. I know Plymouth are roughly going to probably end up in around the same place as, as around Rotherham. It was... Um, and the, and the game against Swansea, I just really wish we'd take the game to teams like this and just have a put in, put in a really good, you know, attacking shift in that. But for some reason, we just seem to sit back and let these teams come at us when 
I get that it's our style of play to play on the counter-attack at times, but for teams like Rotherham, I really wish we could put these games to bed and be 2 3 nil up it. Not saying we have to be 2 3 nil up at every, at every game at half-time, but to put in a good performance and try and win the game by a few goals at least. Matt, did you work out what was going quite wrong at that point? You know, it's it was just such a different different looking team apart from one change really obviously well two changes but it was just completely different to the last couple of performances i just think as as i say it's it's given them that that impetus early on and then we just seem to really struggle physically we we didn't seem to be kind of quite at the races but also mentally we seem really tired now whether that is you know a long trip up on the coach the day before um you know, I, I, I don't know. You'd like. Are to you think... surprised they're not staying up? I was really surprised. Yeah, really surprised because not only that, but they travelled back obviously on the night. Now I, um, you'll remember where I part from from Rotherham. It's literally yeah. as the game finished. Um, obviously, I celebrated for a bit and walked out. I was back in my car 15 minutes after the final whistle, and on the motorway within 20 minutes because it's like a little dual carriageway. So I was ahead of clearly the team team coach mm. i got home at one o'clock didn't stop um and you know kept to the, the speed limit ish 70 miles an hour <laughs> exactly yeah um i got home at one o'clock now the team must have got home can't have been any earlier than two o'clock i wouldn't have thought and maybe even later than that and then they go into the cryo chamber or the yeah. ice baths you think that's like that's knackering so they're then not getting home probably until three four a.m Probably didn't do too much yesterday, I wouldn't think, but are then travelling again today. So it it just feels as though, you know, they're going to be knackered tonight, surely. And I know you can you know stretch out on the coach and stuff like that, but as Joe Williams said in this thing, they're, you know, players have cards, schools and different things going on. So it's not like you're completely able to relax. So I was really surprised. Um, and certainly, you know, Adam was saying that he got a hotel room for 60-odd quid. They could have... <laughs> <laughs> they could have stayed at Adam's place. Um, yeah, I think I think it was Curtis Fleming who he he was asked the question, wasn't he, in the press yeah. conference, and he basically said that we've we've got a process. You know, they go back, they get in the cryo chamber, and um, yeah, that's kind of what they do. So they're not going to change it, you know. But there we go. Um, we got we got the win. Let's just hope that we get a performance on Saturday as well. They'll, they'll need to improve patch because Leeds will beat us out of sight if we don't improve. Um, in so many aspects of the game, yeah. 23rd minute, Andre Green has a chance for Rotherham on the line, but makes a bit of a hash of it, and that should have been the opener, Tom. I don't know if you remember this one, but he literally does come across the face of the goal, and he opens up his body and, you know, gets a touch, and it it goes wide somehow. Again, I think it was good pressure from Rob Dickey not to let him get the shaft, but how we missed that. I remember saying in the crowd, how's he not scored that? It reminded me a little bit, and it's not exactly the same sort of chance as the Rob Dickey, as the Rob Dickey is the um, Cal Naismith chance yeah. against Stoke at the weekend. But if he just hit any other sort of part of his body, it would have gone in. But I think he was turning in the air and it hit his foot and it just went sailing. It didn't go Why did I think Hickman picked it up and took it out. But if he just hit another body part, it probably would have gone in, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Dodgy times. 25th minute, Matt. Cornick, long throw, is flicked on by Dickey, and Sam Bell almost gets the right side of the defender, but he's definitely obstructed by Lembe Kisser. Uh, no penalty. 
this was one that was picked up quite significantly on the halftime analysis on Sky Sports. And yeah. the more you watch it, the more you think, how is that not a penalty? Yeah, I think it was it. Um, Aaron McLean, the ex-Peterborough yeah. striker that was commentating on it uh, or in the, the um, studio. I think... So I'll, I'll give the referee a little bit of leeway in terms of he's directly behind Sam Bell and you then have the the, the defender or whatever position that the guy played is in between the two of them. So he, he might not necessarily see that his arms are around him and that he's kind of pulling him down. Um, the linesman or the assistant, sorry, on the other side, I don't know what kind of view he has across the pitch because I think it would, I uh, know it might have been, he might have been that side, I can't think. Um, but clearly is a penalty. Um, Sam admittedly probably isn't then getting to the second ball. Mm-hmm. But as McLean said on the the, um, the analysis, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a, yeah. a penalty. No if two you, ways. If you rugby tackle slash spear yeah. someone anywhere on the pitch, yeah, whether the ball's at the other end, it's still a foul. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and and it's again, it opens up the championship debate around VAR. Um, obviously, you saw the debacle of uh, shambles <laughs> of, of the VAR last week, which was clearly just that wasn't technology. It was clearly down to human error, and people then not wanting to make a decision that says, "Oh, hang on, ref, no, we we've got this wrong. You need to bring it back." Mm. Um, you've then obviously had Jurgen Klopp talking about replays, never going to happen. But if you'd ask me again, do I want VAR for those sort of incidents with Sam Bell? No, I don't. No. I'm quite happy in the championship with goal line technology and then everything else being equal because I I think for me it will just ruin my enjoyment of well, celebrating. Imagine, imagine, imagine having VAR and those two Tommy yeah. Conway goals. So the it, second one is a really good case in point. Dampen the, your enthusiasm to celebrate, wouldn't it? I am always a little bit hesitant to celebrate yep. any goal anyway in case it's yep. suddenly offside. If, if you looked at the, the, the Tommy Conway second goal, when the ball gets played over by Gardner Hickman to Andy King, Hayden Roberts is offside. Now, again, I, I don't know what the, the, the rule is now, whether it's one phase, two phases, interfering, not interfering. Roberts clearly wasn't interfering, but the ball got played out to his direction. Now, potentially, VAR might look at that and might have given that as, as an offside. And so the feeling that me and Tom... Yeah, and Adam and everyone else out in the stadium and all of those people watching from abroad on Robin's TV or on Sky because I think it was on Sky as well. It was on Sky. Yeah, you're right um, to say that. Yeah, just 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 covering anybody <laughs> there. Yeah, um, but all of those people, you've gone from an absolutely momentous, yeah, heart pounding moment to then being, oh my god. Mm. So yeah, for me, I'll take referees' mistakes all day long over VAR. It's part and parcel of the game as well, isn't it? I you, think so, too. Yeah, yeah. 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 You just, yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of VAR. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of goal line technology because it's instant and it's there yeah. and you know, and it's black and white. But, yeah. and I don't want to go into the big thing about VAR, but I definitely don't want it in the championship just because it takes away your enjoyment, yeah. especially being there live and watching it on TV as well. But it's just, it's just ridiculous. Unless, I, I, I unless, also... unless, Matt, they get to a point. I mean, it's been, it's been in now four or five years. They're still they're still ironing out all of the problems. I Give it another know. four or five years, and it, and if it's more of a, a well, that someone said about rugby and how they do it in rugby, and it's very but, much straightforward bang decision. But Patch, you you know in your job, Tom, you know in your job, you look at what others are doing, 
and then you also improve on what you're doing based on on others. Mm. Now, from a VAR point of view, when that was first being brought in, you look at tennis and Hawkeye, which was sort of first and foremost, cricket and Hawkeye, uh, or the what do they call it, DR, yeah, I can't think, DRS, DRS, um, and the TMO from a, a rugby point of view. Now, rugby in particular, I've given it as a try on the field. Can you see a reason for me not to give it as a try? Exactly. Or the other way around, I've not given it. That situation last week with Liverpool, they they clearly just miscommunicated, thinking that the original decision was a goal, when obviously the original decision was offside. So they're kind of going, yeah, happy to stick with it. Mm. And you then got the bloke going, yeah, yeah, guys, delay, d- delay, because it was a goal that was given, or was offside that oh, was given. I, so, so farcical, wasn't it? But I, I, just I, think, I don't know. Yeah. I just ended up feeling sorry for the bloke. He's like, oh my God, just let the whole world swallow me up now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Imagine that. Jesus. Yeah. But he could still have made that decision. But but for me, and similarly with the offsides, you've got to give great credit to assistant referees with the offsides that they give. Real time, you know, with the the eye line that they've got, mm. when you then bring it back, most of the offside decisions that get that are wrong are those ones that are literally toenail related. I don't want an offside for that. Yeah. Have offside where there's clear space in between both players. Daylight. Um, so yeah, daylight exactly. The daylight so, rule. Ran, ran, bring it in. The daylight rule. Right, yeah. series of great, corners great after film that. film as well, if anyone hasn't seen it. Thanks, mate. Great <laughs> great delivery um, from a corner from the right from Naismith. Exactly how I would like to see corners delivered with wit, with pace, straight into the danger area, not near the keeper. Perfect. Yeah, then um, on the other side, Taylor Gardner-Hickman takes one from the left straight to the keeper, uh, <laughs> which was a shame. Right. <laughs> and then after that one, actually, the, with the Taylor Gardner-Hickman corner, Dickey was brought down and no penalty. I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but uh, the no, replay the shows that again, he was brought down. So, um, yeah, another shout there. Right. Uh, I want to come to you guys for this one. Uh, on the 31st minute, I've never seen it before where a game is stopped and applause is given. So it was for Laura Vickers, uh, the wife of former Rotherham goalkeeper who passed away three months after their marriage. That was uh, a really special, emotional moment. Tom, I'll come to you first. Brilliant. And what I love most about it was there was no hesitation from the Bristol City fans to get involved. And just we all stood up and started applauding. And it's the first time I think I've been at a game where I've either had a minute silence before the game, or, not sorry, didn't have a minute silence before the game, but where we've had sort of a memorial during the game. So we've all stood up and clapped. So it was a horrible situation, but it was nice to be a part of as well. Yeah, Matt, for you. Yeah, lovely. Um, the Rotherham players had t shirts as well, and the goalkeeper had placed t shirts either side of his goal. Um, yeah, impeccably observed. I do think when it's something like that and that there are you know sadly fans die most weeks nature of life admit um so you're not going to be able to do that you know every game but when it's something sort of special and so close to the club um fair play to the fa for allowing it because they would have had to sanction that as well um but it was great that i don't quite know why the referee again maybe he's got to get involved but it was in the goalkeeper's hands um and the referee then had to go over and pick the ball up and restart the player. Well, he probably he just to wanted that. to make make sure that. Well, may, may, maybe, but um, no, it was it was impeccably observed. Obviously, really, really sad. 
um, you know, rest rest in peace in, and, uh, you know, thoughts are with Josh. But yeah, I thought it was a, a really lovely moment. And I'm pretty sure something similar had taken place at Plymouth the night before. I'm just about to tell you about that. A really good go. friend of mine, Casey Lee Bishop, um, he was really good friends with Ian Bomber-Harris. And uh, yeah, they did it in the 44th minute um, at Plymouth. And uh, Casey goes home and away to Plymouth games. And this Ian Bomber-Harris has been a feature of Casey's videos and photos for many, many years. And he's, a, from what I could see, a, a gentle giant and someone who had a real zest for life. And it was a real, um, real choker. Real choker. Just rest in peace, um, yeah. Ian Bomber Harris, and uh, and also Laura Vickers as well. Right, thirty fourth minute, great tackle from Naismith to prevent a Hugo chance after the cross comes in from the left. So it was a, a Zach Viner esque tackle from Carl Naismith, Matt. Yeah, good good tackle. I mean, Hugo made some out of it, but again, it's 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 one you you, you kind of. Well, I can say you kind of had to be there. You, you didn't, but Hugo is a, a real physical presence. Um, so often, a bit, a bit like the game at Stoke, he was playing the man and not going for the ball, and not, not in a, a nasty way or anything like that, but just, just the way that he plays. Dicky dealt with him brilliantly, and certainly as more as the game went on, in particular. But that, that particular challenge there from Naismith, um, we saw the good of Naismith the other night in that position. You know, he, the, the two of them were excellent the other night. There were no, I can't recall any mistakes that either of the two of them made. I've got to be honest. Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. OK, halftime summary from Rob. A pretty abject display from City with Rotherham creating far more opportunities from working the spaces well down our flanks then delivering a number of dangerous crosses which on other days could have seen us conceding one or two goals one last ditch interception from Naismith on one occasion and an open goal missed on another conversely we've resorted in the main to long balls to isolated targets and runners with very little play going through the thirds tactically they've been happy not to press and we've been wasteful with possession we've had in midfield lacking any real ingenuity in saying all of that, Sam Bell should have been awarded a penalty at the far post after much grappling from the defender and similarly Dickey shortly after the corner after that. Definitely need to up our game though, second half, cut out their threats and look to dictate ourselves more. Into the second half then, 55th minute, good build-up play for City, ends in a chance for Harry Cornick to shoot, but it goes out for a throw, which takes long one, and the keeper punches clear. So 55th minute, Tom is our first real attack, and it's Cornick trying to engineer a chance to shoot. Was it not a chance before that when, when Bell put a ball into the box for Cornick, or did that come after? Uh, if It might come up after, but yeah. Yeah. Or get me if we don't get to it, you can comment on that as well. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, yeah, um, again, um, yeah, again, I thought Connick was slightly unlucky from that chance. You've caught me off guard there, Patrick, if I'm honest, because I thought it was going to come to that chance. Just but, roll um, with it, mate. Yeah, yeah. The, the chance that I was going to speak about, it was an absolutely brilliant ball, ball out to um, Bell in his first touch to get into the box. I think if Connick was slightly taller, he probably would have 
nodded that in, but yeah, it's one minute later. One minute later. One minute later. We'll go with this. We'll go with this one. <laughs> I do apologize. That's right. But yeah, but um, absolutely brilliant ball out to Bell, and the control from Bell was phenomenal. And then to get the cross into the box, it was just slightly too high for Cornick. I thought. Yeah, Matt. I'll come to you. So, so pick up on either of these incidents. Uh, so the next one is it's Dicky with a long raking diagonal ball out to Bell. He hangs the cross up, and Harry Cornick can't get up to head the ball under pressure from the Rotherham defender. Yeah, it was just a little bit too high for him. Um, he he made a good move, good good or a decent cross from 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 Bell, but it was too high for Harry. And there's an element of it. I said to Ads at the time, could he have just ducked under it? because there was someone coming at the back post. And I can't think of who it was at the back post, um, but there was someone in behind him. But, you know, he, Cornick's trying. He's trying. So, mm. you know, I don't, I don't necessarily blame him for it. But, yeah, just just a little bit too high. Yeah, 61st minute. Dickie again doing well. Sets Bell off. Bell drops a shoulder and he's away. But it's just a heavy touch that the ball goes out of play. But looking back, you know, I'm watching it even in real time, Tom, I don't actually think that did go out of play. So it was a bit of a strange, strange decision. They didn't show a replay from the right angle, but yeah, I mean, Bell was away, but he just, there was that heavy touch, unfortunately. Yeah. I can't be 100% sure if it went out or not either, to be honest, but it was brilliant ball again by Dickie, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Dickie's Dickie's playing those balls, Matt. It's something that we're used to from Naismith, but Dickie was certainly picking out the Diags as well yesterday. It's, it's an interesting one because Nigel Pearson referenced after the game about we weren't switching the play. Um, and yet Dickie had done that quite a few times. Um, mm. But yeah, very, very Viner-esque in terms of trying to, you know, hit those dark, long diags. And we know that Dickie's got that. What I'd like to see Dickie do as well is, that was a good little Dickie, Dickie do, do. <laughs> um, is actually bring, bring the ball forward more himself. And I've seen him score goals for, for QPR yeah. from distance. So I'd like to see him. He had, he had one moment in the second half where he strode through. I thought this could be it. Um, but, you know, again, he'd started off really well. He got that sending off, then couldn't get back in the team. He's now come back into the team and he knows he's got potentially a month, six weeks where he's likely to be, you know, first choice. He needs to put in performances like that so that when Zach's back fit, Zach then has the challenge to get the shirt back off him. Um, and that's what you want. I, th- like, I, I said it right at the start of the show. Dickie, I thought, was outstanding. Yeah. Okay, the substitutions then happen. Uh, Vyman for Sykes uh, and Wells for Cornick. So Vyman coming on, getting his 200th club appearance, Matt, puts him level with Howard Pritchard. That's it, yeah. There legend Howard Pritchard. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, great, great friendly Vyman in, you know, like I said, he's he's a player that I absolutely do want us to see us tie down to a longer term contract, um, because I think he's very much like the the, the Matty Jameses, the Andy Kings. His influence off the pitch is just as valuable as it is, is it as it is on the pitch. Yeah. I was surprised he brought him on on the Bell, left. Yeah, and Bell right Bell across to the right. Yeah. yeah, Um I would I would probably have just put brought Andy onto the right and moved um, and kept Sam where he was. Um, Mark Sykes was a little bit disappointing on on Wednesday, so um, maybe that that sort of bucks him up because again he's had a fantastic season so far, Mark Sykes. Oh, so yeah. uh, player but of the shows, month, I think exactly. It? Yeah. But it shows patch when you've got a player like Andy Vyman that can come in. You know, we we have got when when we've got everybody fit, we've got a squad that is definitely top ten in my opinion. Yeah, completely agree. Right, 78th minute, it's another substitution. King for Williams and Conway for Knight. So 
Andy King coming on, Tom. Um, first change, and then yeah, Conway for Knight. So Conway coming on in the number ten, um, and yeah, King for Williams is more of a straight swap. Yeah, I can understand that sort of Jason Knight. He can play is a centre mid, but he can also play up that that little bit more advanced role as a number 10. So to see Conway as a number 10, it did make sense to me. Andy King for Joe Williams. I thought Joe Williams was having a really good game, to be honest, but I can understand why we've brought Andy King on as well. It's that little bit of experience that we need in the last sort of 10 minutes of a game when when it was nil-nil at the time as well. So I can understand I can understand that now. But I was very impressed with the way um, Conway dropped behind Wells in that number 10 position. And I know it's not probably his strongest position, but Obviously, Cameron did very well, didn't they? I don't know. We'll find out in a minute. <laughs> um, can, I, can I can I just say, um, and you know, I'm a man enough when I I say things and get them wrong. And um, I've I've said about Andy King, and and there was a conversation, not actually by me to start with, on Wednesday night when Andy King came on to say, "Well, it looks like we're settling. You don't bring Andy King on to win a game." Um, and and I was saying the same thing. Get, I get it. You know, I've said, I've said before when you when you one nil up and you want to protect, absolutely. But when you're trying to win the game, I, I didn't see it. Yeah, Andy King made me eat my words. Fair play to you, young man. Well, youngish man, younger than me anyway. <laughs> Give it with one hand, take it away with the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I think Andy King's come on there. You know, it's nil nil. We know we've got the, enough in the in the Arsenal to be beating Rotherham. We've got 10, 15 minutes to make a real effort here. And Andy King comes on. He's someone who will cascade messages across the pitch and stamp his authority on the game. So, so yeah, we'll see what happens next. So, 81st minute. It was a speculative long ball forward from Naismith from literally level with the six-yard box on the left-hand side. Um, and it's uh, controlled by Tommy Conway. Four touches, shimmies to the right, smashes it with his right, and what a goal worthy of the Champions League. Matt, I'm going to come to you on this one, first of all. It was a real, for me, I I, I thought about Beckham against Greece, and that was Beckham playing the whole game and taking the responsibility of every English person watching um, and taking the game by the scruff of the neck. And Tommy's literally picked it up and he's got one thing in mind, hasn't he? To just get a shot away and with power and pace and it flew in. Yeah. Um, um, I'm not having the Beckham comparison because that was unlike any other comparison, like player um, performance I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, and just a note to the Netflix documentary, which I've watched the first two. That was why I was thinking so of it. Was it? Yeah, brilliant so far. Um, yeah, I, I love I've loved David Beckham all my life. So yeah, um, he loves you too. But I love I love Tommy Conway. Tommy Conway, what a player! I mean, Tommy Conway, baby. Lee Lee Williams's words at the start. Um, me once me and Tom had calmed down, hugging and celebrating, and and Adam had come back to his seat. Um, we all sort of said that that goal is worthy of winning the game. Like we we have to win the game because of that goal. Um, the defender gets caught under the ball, um, but Tommy's got no right to do what he does. And again, watching it back on the, the TV, um, McLean sort of said, hey, he, he doesn't he doesn't sort of just smash it into it. He arrows the ball into the net. Um, and what I thought was interesting, Patch, and, and again, for anybody who's not seen it, um, the, the clip that the club have put out, showing Tommy after the game, the goals oh, and his reactions to yeah. them. They're just, 
this is a lad who first and foremost loves football, loves Bristol City, loves scoring goals. Um, and to see his reaction, he's like a kid getting a Christmas present, isn't he? You know, <laughs> op- opening that special bike on a Christmas day, or he absolutely loves it. But it was just such a fabulous, fabulous goal. Um, Tyler Blackett, who actually got man of the match on the night from a Rotherham point of view, um, had been really, really good. You know, we hadn't we hadn't really caused them too many problems. So whether he kind of thought, yeah, um, you know, I shouldn't really send him inside, but nothing's happening here. But he just hits, as I say, a shot that just arrows into that. And then you find out that he was practicing that the day before. He's been working on it. Um, you know, it just it just sums it up. And um <sighs> You want to see Tommy Conway doing that and scoring those sort of goals, but you also know in the back of your mind that he's still only going to get better. And so, again, is it a little bit like the Alex Scott situation where you think, just how long are we going to keep this lad for? Because he's special. He is a special, special striker. Um, You know, I spoke to a couple of coaches that I know um, who both of them said the same thing. He reminded them of a young Alan Shearer um, and I think you may have even said that patch in the past. January 2021, um, I put the tweet out for that. There you, there you go. Um, and he, he was, I mean, it, it was, you cannot understate just how good that goal was in that game. Um, and I think the commentary again on the TV just said how it was a game that just, uh, sorry, a goal that just wasn't meant to be in that game. Uh, you know, it's from a different game. Um, and if Ronaldo scores that, um, it's not a kind of messy goal, but if Ronaldo scores that, you're talking about it and watching it for weeks because it's that good a goal. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, January 2022. I do apologize. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think it was even that goal. I think it was the second goal, which we'll come on to. That was the one that he was uh, that he was watching Looking on at, the, wasn't it? Yeah. on the clip. Yeah, right. Yeah. To again, again, the celebration after the first one. You, you could just see how much it meant to him. He was patting the bag. He was. He was giving the sort of hands up to the crowd. He and... absolutely loved it. He, he, he ran behind the goal. Oh, he, yeah. I, don't, I don't really it, think he knew what to do himself. But he, do you he know what? Lost it's, his, yeah. Exactly that, Tom. Yeah. He, he clearly, for 30 seconds, he's not there. He's he's yeah. out, he's he's in a different world, isn't he, where he's celebrating it like that because he's he's kind of giving it to the fans going like, come on, what are you doing? And like the fans <laughs> have just gone absolutely ballistic. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah. I loved it when we were singing Tommy Conway Baby and he was giving it the um, with his hands yeah. you know, like, as an orchestra yeah. or something like that. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> I noticed brilliant. as well, you are talking about the Beck, oh, we were talking about the Beckham thing, but he, he does the thing where he puts both arms out with his fingers sort of out when he scores yeah. and did it at the end. And Beckham did, did, used to do that as well, which I noticed on that, that documentary. Yeah. So you're coming, you're coming around to my comparison. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair um, I was going to also... You're, you're uh, very wrong. I was going to also throw a throw a celebration at you from a World Cup. I want to say eighty six. I think it was the Italian striker Rossi, where he has that face where he sort of runs away, sort of like shake, like shaking his head and no, not what he's cry. doing that. Yeah, like yeah. That. Ta- uh, Tarantini, maybe. Is it? Right. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know the one you mean. And the, the camera's right at him. Yeah. It? yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, brilliant. Right. Eighty third minute. Naismith corner hits the other corner flag. Um, I've got written here. That was a, a hell of a corner. I think he put far too much whip and pace on that one. Too much wires, yeah. Um, and then Bell comes off and Roberts comes on. And there was a there was a little interesting moment on the 78th minute when they when we made those substitutions. 
and you could see Robert's frustration. You wouldn't have seen this, but he actually sits in his seat and whacks his head back on the chair as if to say, right, that's me not coming on again. But he gets his opportunity in the 83rd minute. Um, 86 minute is the equaliser for Tyler Blackett with his first English career goal. The ball's pulled back and uh, to the penalty spot. And he scores despite despite a few attempts of blocks and Max getting a leg to it and it flying up into the net. Matt, your thoughts on on that goal and uh, what what a crash back down to earth that was. Like I said, I I, I just felt that Tommy's first goal was worthy of winning the game, and so it just added extra disappointment. Poor goal to concede. I thought Roberts sort of raced in. Um, I like Roberts. Um, but he has to realise he's not at Campring's level at the moment. So when he comes on, he has to really make a difference. Now, um, showing that kind of disappointment, that, that won't go down well with um, with Nigel Pearson whatsoever. Um, and it's also not the culture that Nigel Pearson wants in his squad. He wants players that want to see players do well for each other. And then when they get their opportunity, they come on. Now, Gardner Hickman's a good case in point. The guys are always enthusiastic when he comes on. And even when he doesn't, you know, at the end of games, you see him. Roberts needs to be like that. Yeah, he might be disappointed at not playing, but it's a long season. And when you get an opportunity, you've got to take it. I thought he came on, he, he raced and, and was, was out of position. So the cross got pulled back. Um, I've seen comments around Andy Vyman not picking up Blackett because he sees him. But Andy Vyman's got the man to his right that he's looking at as well. Um, so I think that it was a combination of, you know, someone else should have been picking Blackett up in the middle. Um, he hits a good strike. I'll give Max a little bit of leeway in terms of Dickie dives in front of him. Mm. Um, and he's also kind of on his, his, his haunches a little bit. So he's falling backwards. So he can't kind of get his foot out to kick it. But you also have to say it was central in the goal. So I'm sure Max will be disappointed that that does go in. Um, yeah. And then you are then thinking, bloody hell, we've we've cost ourselves <laughs> here. And is it going to be a case of they're going to go on and get another one? Tom, five minutes of elation brought back down to earth. Uh, it was a it was a a bitter pill to swallow at that point. I was good. I was I was sat there thinking I've got three games on the spin relative, well, three away days on the spin. Leicester, Rotherham, and Leeds. I thought. Can we just win one of them, please? <laughs> <laughs> and that went in. I, I, I was gutted, absolutely gutted by it. And I was just thinking, well, at least I've got to see a goal, I guess. And then, obviously, something very special happened a few minutes later, didn't it? So, yes, indeed. Ninety-second uh, minute with Blackett down injured. Taylor Gardner Hickman finds himself in space on the right. His cross is high, and Andy Vyman does steer the ball goalwards with his head but the keeper makes a straightforward save. And Matt, that was a real opportunity for Taylor to put that either into feet or a little bit lower. Um, and yeah, Andy does his best to steer it goalwards. And we've seen him score headers like that before. And I thought, watching it from on the TV, that that was going in the top corner. Well, I think the keeper thought he got kind of a, a better connection than he did. And so it looked like it was then going to loop over him, didn't he? But yeah, unfortunately, Taylor got it wrong. It, it needed to be along the ground. Um, I think he got suitably chastised by both Andy Vyman and Tommy Conway. Um, and it was a shame because it, it was a good move. It was a good move. Yeah. Blackett then comes off and Rotherham are down to 10 men. So we've got four minutes, Tom, with uh, six minutes of injury time. Rotherham down to 10 men. And uh, we can see 
what happens next. 95th minute, it's 2-1. Taylor Garner-Hickman pings it out to Andy King, who picks out Tommy Conway with an with a, a inch perfect, really, the, the, the cross in. Um, Tommy hits it with the outside of his right boot into the corner of the net, facing the wrong way. A goal, another goal worthy of the Champions League on Champions League night. Yeah, the, the way the ball came in and the way Tommy, it was almost like a flick on really, wasn't it, rather than a shot. I mean, he'll probably say it was a shot, but one of my favourite things about the football is, and it's, I don't, I don't know if anybody else will agree with me, but for me, hearing the ball hit the back of the net, and you could hear it really, really good with the first one, but that second one you could hear it because it was really crisp the way it was hit the goal. And then it, it was just pandemonium in the stands. I, I ran to, I ran towards Matt and then where we was, there wasn't a lot of people sat around us. So I started running down and there was this older lady. There was me like 16 stone running towards her and I thought, oh, I better stop. And then I thought I ran back. <laughs> so I think I scared her a little bit. Then I ran back, I was fist pumping. I couldn't believe it. It's, I've been quite lucky following Bristol City, mainly away because obviously where I live, I've got to see a lot of good last minute goals and good late goals, but that's certainly up there for me. It was just absolutely brilliant and I absolutely loved it. Matt, we've had a last-minute winner away at Millwall, um, more or less last minute. Can't remember the minute, but uh, that was really special. But to go through a roller coaster in the space of what eight nine minutes from one one nil up to one one to two one, and a, literally a minute to play out, and a goal like that to to boot as well, another special moment. You just felt that it was the winner as well because you knew how late it was. You knew they were down to 10 men. Um, but the the ball out from, from Taylor to start with to Andy King, uh, in fact, even before that, Andy King's run into that space, then the ball out and then the, the, the little clips cross in for Tommy to recognise the space and, and, you know, sprint into it. And then, as Tom said, to, to flick it with the outside of his foot like he did. It was um, very Pelé-esque escape to victory where everything slows down and you're looking at it thinking, is it going in? Is it going in? Is it going in? It's clipped the post. It's inside the <laughs> post. It's in. It, and it was just, it, to me, it was just that moment. And then, again, like Tom says, you just erupt. Um, as I say, Goldie was just off down the front of the steps. We'd lost him completely. Um, me and Tom are fist pumping and hugging and not knowing, you know. Um, and then Tom disappears. Um, and Tommy's going absolutely ballistic. Um, special because it was Tommy. Um, special because it was, you know, the, the last minute like it was. And I suppose on the back of the Stoke game, it... It probably did feel a little bit like we'd mugged Rotherham as well. I don't, you know, let's let's be completely honest with you. It wasn't a 2-1 performance from City, but that's football, isn't it, at the end of the day? You know, and for us to keep going, for us to have someone like Tommy Conway that we can bring on, Nigel Pearson's already said fans that are clamouring for him to start on Saturday are going to be disappointed. Mm. He won't be starting Saturday. And that's the right thing. We've got to protect him. And all right, that might mean on Saturday that it doesn't work out in the same way. But we need Tommy Conway for the rest of the season fit because Tommy Conway for the rest of the season fit can still finish championship top scorer because there are very, very few players in our league, especially with you think the likes of Puki, Brereton Diaz are no longer there. There are very few finishers like Tommy Conway in the championship. 
Um, and so, yeah, I, I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was just one of those, I'm trying to think, I mean, that, I suppose every last minute winner you get like that, don't you? You have those emotions, but it, it was just special because it was the, the, the quality of the finish. Yeah. Again, and on the second finish as well. Yeah. On the, <laughs> yeah. Celebra- on the celebration as well, you run straight over to Andy King. And I know a lot of fans yeah. have given Andy King, a lot of fans have certainly questioned, did he need a new contract? Should he be playing this season? But to see that sort of relationship between the young players like Conway yeah. and him, you ran straight over to him, gave him a big cuddle. It was brilliant to see that. And, I was, I was watching the replay early for me. It, look, it looks like he's going to burst into tears as soon as he scores the goal, uh, Tommy Conway. And I was probably feeling the same way as well myself when he scored yeah. it. But it, it was such a good goal. And the way he scored it, and the way he celebrated it again, it was just pandemonium for them 400 it's, fans. It's a really good point on Kingy, though, Tom, because, um, again, I think in the, the interview afterwards, Tommy sort of says how um, Kingy had said to him about going on and getting man in a match again. Um, it was all set up for him, which is what had happened in the Cardiff game when it was on Sky. Um, so, you know, it's no no coincidence, is it, that you're seeing those sort of relationships and the way the squad is. Joe Williams talking about the way that the squad is and how close they are. Um, you know, that that you, you can't underestimate that, can you? Just how important those sort of players are in your squad. You know, the likes of Andy King, Matty James, Andy Vyman. Um, you know they've all got the right attitude so yeah it was it was fabulous absolutely fabulous we get a chance to go three one up uh, a minute later Andy Vyman picks up the ball cuts inside takes a few touches um, but uh, the keeper makes a save and uh, yeah that was it Tommy actually had a had an opportunity to run at goal and chose to go into the corner flag which again he referenced as something yep. that he's picked up and learned over the years um, so yeah we play that last couple of minutes out and as you say, Matt, a 2-1 victory, which we've been on the wrong end of uh, games where we haven't always deserved or we have deserved more and we've got not 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 a point out of it. So kind of kind of does help with Saturday's Stoke defeat of 3-2 of because, you know, you'd have taken a probably um, yeah, three you take points. A point. You take a yeah. point at, at your away games, don't you? And, you know, you're looking for three points at your home. So... If 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 we get a point at Leeds minimum on Saturday, you look back and go, okay, four points over those three games isn't necessarily the worst in the world. You know, yeah. we we probably yeah, you, you might have been looking at three points at home and the two away. Now, if we can do the the really unlikely but get three points at Leeds, then Jesus, yeah, that'd be a special that'd be a special day out oh, for mate, sure. Honestly, yeah. Um, yeah, well, we shall see. But uh, Matt, this is going to be an interesting one for the ratings um, a victory, but uh, not the greatest performance. And if we stick to our guns, we can't give Tommy Conway man of the match. It's. But uh, I'm going to leave that. To, I'm going to leave that down uh, to you. So, so um, <laughs> friend of the show, Paul Binning, exiled Robin, had put a comment on about you know. Um, Surely Tommy Conway, man of the match, and Ellie Jones, friend of the show, um, also point quite rightly pointed out. Now it's got to be you know um, played a minimum of yeah, um, or yeah. What we said, you got to play at least thirty-five minutes, something because obviously you can yeah. get coming on the first half or whatever. But um, them's the rules, I'm afraid. I can't. I'd <laughs> love to change it. Believe you me, 
especially <laughs> because it's Tommy Conway. Um, I would love to. So, so Tommy absolutely gets the the nod that yes, he is man of the match in terms of changing the game, and it was his two moments of quality that that um, that got it. But actually, and I, and I'll go early with it when we go through it. Um, Rob, my man of the match, Rob Dickey was outstanding and was outstanding from minute one till minute 97 or whatever it was. Um, yeah, there's no doubt to, from Tommy Conway won us the game, but Rob Dickey against a really difficult opponent in Jordan Hugel, um, I thought he was superb and, and was the player that we'd signed Rob Dickey that, that night was winning the first ball header, really clever with Hugel as well. How he would get his body in behind him, but, but sort of put his leg in front and he, he won a couple of challenges, Tom, didn't he, in that second half where it was kind of mm. really clever defending. He could have got free kicks. He made sure he kept Hugel on the ground yeah, as well. Pocket or game Hugel, I thought. So yeah. exactly, yeah, exactly. So go on then, give me your, your average game rate in then patch. What oh you yeah, for? Keep, good job for keeping keeping uh, that one going. Uh, oh, blimey, this is hard. Um, Tom, you need to think as well. I'm gonna go five point three. Six point okay. four. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Tom's just way too positive, isn't he? <laughs> Have you been chatting um, to Chris Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, right. I'm, not, I'm not very good at averages anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the number I thought. I thought, oh, that'll do. So, Max, I've gone six. Um, yes, I had a slight question mark about the goal because it's central, but I thought he dealt with a lot of what came into the box really well. He made a couple of good punches. So, it was a performance I expect from Max. His distribution was decent. Um, Pringy, I went six. Um, I thought he defended well. Didn't really get forward as much, um, but yeah, I thought thought it was decent. The two centre backs, um, Carl and Rob, I both went two sevens. Um, I think if that's a clean sheet, it's probably two eights um, because I thought they defended really, really well. Um, and it centrally was where that you know it, they really had to be on their measure. Um, because as I say, I thought Hugo was a real handful. Um, Taylor on the right-hand side, I also went a six. Um, he's, I, I don't, I, I genuinely don't think he is a right fullback. Um, I do think with McCrory coming back, then Gardner Hickman is going to be a player that, that competes for the midfield positions. Um, so, you know, but I, I thought his, his energy levels were pretty decent. Um, he did get forward and had a couple of good crosses. And as I say, you know, a, a, a key moment, um, key contribution in terms of the ball out to King, um, you know, to, to play that ball for the second goal was was excellent. Um, midfield, slight, slight debate here then. So I'll, I'll leave you boys to debate here. But Matty James, I went six. It was a performance I expect, expect from Matty. But for Joe and for Jason, I went two fives. I, I thought both were actually slightly off their games. Um, didn't see Jason having the impact that he normally has. He, he still sort of disrupted, but wasn't at the level that I expect. And similarly with Joe, I thought Joe, um, early on we talked about it, but gave the free kick away. He played that ball across the box. I thought he was a little bit sloppy and a little bit, looked a little bit leggy. Um, so I went two fives for, for those two from a central point of view and six for Matty. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm surprised there's not more fours, if I'm honest. I don't know well, I you, don't know yeah. who, but um yeah. I mean I'm only saying that because of the average I went for, but there we go. <laughs> yeah, I think you are, yeah. 
Um, Sykesy, I went five. Um, I guess, I guess again, it's it's that the performance level you expect. I don't know that many of them dipped way below that. I think, um, I also think that Rotherham actually performed pretty well. So I think collectively we weren't great, but I don't think individually many had sort of really poor games. We seem to be uh, from that point of view. Coming inside more than we have in recent games, and yeah. we're not using the. Yeah, I know, I know, it's that. Yeah, especially well, the goals. We, down the what? Down we, the. We said a few side. times with with Sykes in particular, he kind of stood inside and wasn't going out wide, and therefore when Taylor got the ball, he didn't then have an option to play him wide. So, yeah, and that you know with Sykes, he he had that foot injury. You don't know whether that had a bit of an impact to it or, um, but yeah, um, Harry Cornick, I went six. Um, <laughs> That could be a five. Um, so again, I'll open up to debate. But I, I thought with Cornick that he, he, he tried. You yeah, know, I he, think he, he did. Was, yeah, I think he was putting did. himself about. Um, he had the one header. Um, it, I, I do still. I'll stand by it. I do still think it's difficult for Cornick that I don't think he's an out and out number nine on his own. I, you know, we've talked about it. He needs to play in a two with a bigger man. Um, and see what we get. But I thought I thought it was an okay performance from him. It's kind of what again goes back to the six is what I would expect, and it was a performance that I would expect from Cornick. I just don't think we're going to see it. I think he's going to stick by his formation of four oh, will, three yeah. three. Um, yeah. It's and that and that and those three are basically two two wingers effectively yeah. in old in old money. Um, so yeah, I just. I worry that we won't see the best of of Harry Cornick until we have two up top, and and the fact now we've got Conway, Wells, Vyman, Cornick, Yaboa, Bell, six at least there. I don't know if I'm missing anybody. Um, strikers, if you like, yeah. that can play in a two. It's going to be an interesting. Uh, it's going to be an interesting to see how it pans out. Really, you can't keep yeah. everybody help. Um, no, no uh, of happy. course. Well, one of the ones we were talking about in particular, Anis Metti. Um, now, mm. you know, I, I I personally thought that was a game that Mameti could have come in for. Um, yeah. And especially as the game was going on, I felt that maybe it was the trickery that we needed. <clears throat> but then the flip of that is, I don't know from Anis's point of view, has he got the discipline defensively enough? Mm. And does that then come into the equation where you know that, you know, Andy Vyman is going to know what to do from a, a defensive point of view? Well, I was even thinking um, towards the end, we need to bring... Bring Mametti on for, for TGH and and have more going forward and not settle for uh, nil nil at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I went, I went six for Harry. Um, for Sam Bell, I went five. Um, I just didn't think Sam. Yes, he had the the moments I'd expect where he's going to run all day for yeah. you, dropping the shoulder, getting away just, from his man. Yeah, mm. but just the the quality and the one that we talked about where did he over you know did it go out or didn't it? It it shouldn't have been anywhere near that. It was such a heavy touch. Yeah. Um. So it just again based on his performances and my ratings are based on the individuals, not comparing them to others or. For Sam Bell, I thought it was below the level I expect of Sam Bell from from his quality point of view. And then the two subs that we are allowed to score, because um, they came on in the 66th minute, but allowing that it was seven minutes of injury time, <laughs> and also that there was a minute they got stopped because of the applause. Okay. I, I bit of a, a scorer's license there. I went <laughs> two two sixties for Andy and Naki. I thought both contributed when they came on. Yeah. Um, admittedly, Naki got a booking for descent, I think, which, yeah. 
Matt, so, looking at yeah. that bench as well yesterday, to be able yeah. to bring on Andy Vyman and Naki and Wells, Wells. Yeah. and Tommy Conway, you know, yeah. for example, there's well, and, and Andy And King. Hayden Roberts, and Hayden Roberts as well, who, you know... But look at I the bench, say, apart, is... from, apart from Nelson um, and Yaboa, who are, you know, still fairly, fairly green. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bring a couple more back from injury as well. And as you said, yeah. that is a top 10 squad. It reminded me going back a few seasons, to be honest, when I saw Wyman and Wells come on, because we've sort of got like a little bit of a new breed in the club now with yeah. players coming through. But when I was watching it, to see like 21 of Naki and then um, the 14 of Andy Wyman, I was just like, oh God, I was like watching the game two, three years ago. This is yeah. this is brilliant. And I, I, I love that. And obviously, I'd like to see both of them as well, because I really like them too as players. It wouldn't surprise me. Certainly, I think Naki starts on Saturday. And it wouldn't surprise me if Andy Vyman came in on Saturday either. Mm. How many um, club? How many club appearances do you think um, Naki Wells has got? Ooh, one forty. Matt wasn't more than that. I'd probably go yeah, slightly less than that. One hundred and twenty-five. One hundred and sixty-five. Is oh, it? Wow. wow. Yeah, I actually thought he was. It would be more. My guess would have been more than that. Would it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he. What that his first? How, how many did you guys split by starts and subs? Uh, no, just appearances. No. So, oh, right. okay. yeah, it was. Um, he joined in 2019, he made 17 appearances, then 50, 34, 52, and 12 so far this season. Yeah, okay, right. So, um, Nigel Pearson, are we on? Big, big Nige. Um, I've got to go seven because it's a 2 1 win, and and I didn't expect us to beat Rotherham. I know. Other members of this podcast thought four two was in the offing, um, but <laughs> what, I, I what did what did um, what did the uh, host Patch Warner say would be the score? Do you know? I think he said two one. I'm sure I've seen footage from a Rotherham podcast where oh, right, he says two yeah. one mm. and says that we'll score first. Yeah, Rotherham will equalise and yeah. that we'll score a winner in the last ten minutes. And actually, it would be Tommy Conway that scores it. Oh, blimey, what a great prediction so, that was. Yeah, brilliant. Right. I don't, Shame I don't he's not a betting he, man. I don't think he put any money on it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. But yeah, it was so, so it's got to be a seven for Nigel. And I mean, when you, you looked at the footage of him um, being helped up the steps, God, yeah. um, you kind of realise just how, how much discomfort he must be in. I'm hoping so, he gets something sorted in the international break. Well, I That's think that was always there. the plan, yeah. wasn't it? That was always the plan, I believe. But I don't know what he's got to have done and how serious it is and then how long he's likely to be out Are you surprised that in the last three weeks since he's started, you know, being on crutches, that there hasn't been anyone either asking him or anything comes out to say what is actually wrong with him? Or is it the fact that he's not a player and it's personal or what? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe all all of the above, isn't it? Um, Certainly... I might have thought Sky would have asked the question mm. um, with with interviewing him, and not you know from from a local point of view. I'm sure locally it has been asked. You know, I'm 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 sure the likes of Rich, Ed, James, well, and, and all those Leicester um, fans that saw him on the pitch on crutches, they they were all probably thinking, "Oh, what's wrong with what's yeah, wrong with Nigel?" Yeah. And I, I think it's probably through James in in Bristol Live where I've seen that it's a a, a back situation that he, and he needs mm. an operation, but. Um, you know, yeah, you, you looked at it and you thought, Christ almighty, this this looks like a bloke who's in real discomfort. Yeah. Get well, having, get well having, soon and hopefully that will get I mean, sorted. You, you suffer with your back. I've I've slipped a disc in the past. Um, yeah, there's nothing worse than back injury, is there? So, yeah, we definitely yeah, need to take some we breaks on the, uh, on the journey up. Matt, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can so you can walk up and down my back a exactly. little bit. Exactly, yeah. 
<laughs> freak. <laughs> so, so what was the average all, then? An average game rating of five point eight five. Okay, so so yeah, I was point. I think it was a draw. So I was point six eight. Tom was point six eight. I think. Yeah, I'll take. I'll take that. I got a clue what I was trying to predict, but I'll take it. Yeah, that's probably. I mean, if it was a one-one or a nil-nil, then obviously that probably drops down a little bit. I know you're not giving him a rating, Matt, but if you was going to give Tommy a rating, what would you give him? Nine. 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 Yeah. Hattrick hat uh, would be ten. Yeah, I mean, a hat-trick in that time would have been ten. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the two goals are tens. But yeah, I mean, mm. I just... It, it was just an incredible, incredible um, cameo performance from the lad. So, yeah, he, he, you know, as I say, in terms of man of the match, yeah, he changed the game. But because of the way that we do it, you know, and, and being fair, um, Rob Rob Dickey was um, was man of the match from that point of view. But the Tommy Conway performance was just... Mm-hmm. And, and again, I'm not, you know, Tommy Conway... I, for, for our listeners he's just such a lovely lad as well um you know he's such a really really genuinely nice lad who's got time for everybody so to see him do that um lovely to see alex scott send the tweet as well about tommy conway <laughs> uh and then fans go in yeah you can tell bournemouth to f, f right 50, off and 50, 50, million. 50 million plus add-ons didn't he so <laughs> yeah. um but you know and, and i suppose you know, I, I hear others talk about, oh, yes, you know, to the nest egg and stuff like that. Steve Lansdang has always been committed to Bristol City and to Bristol Sport and has put his money in and everything else. But he's also a, a, an owner that wants the best for his club, but also wants the best for his players. So when opportunities come up for players to get to the Premier League, he also looks at it from that point of view. So the Alex Scott situation and... I don't know if you listened to the Alex Scott interview. Um, they played it on the same of the city the other night. But Alex Scott clearly wanted that move to the Premier League, but also showed his respect for Bristol City with the way that he went about his training and everything else. And that will be the same for any number of players. Tommy Conway's being talked about now, but Cam Pring's been talked about. Max O'Leary was talked about. Yeboah's already been talked about. We want to see these players play for Bristol City. But if you get stupid money that come in that allow you to then invest into the squad, like we've done with Alex, and we will do now following Alex's, then you know that gives you those opportunities, doesn't it? But I don't want to see Tommy Conway go anywhere because I, I do genuinely think Tommy Conway could be the catalyst, whether it's this season or next season, for us getting to the Premier League. And that's a big, bold statement. But if you've got a striker that can get you 25, 30 goals, you are going to be in and around those promotion places. It's just... You know, you, you look back through the the annals of time. That is what the situation is, and Tommy Conway is the most likely player to do that for me since Tammy Abraham. Can't recall anybody else with it. Who's just as natural a finisher as he is? Can you? No, good shape, very good shape. Obviously, Bobby Reed had a great season, but yep. yeah, difficult difficult um, to to compare the two. And Bob is not. I mean, Bob is brilliant. 
he's not a natural striker like no, like no. Um, he's only yeah, a striker Tommy. for one season. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. A couple of tweets to read out, unless you guys have got any other business. Um, so I put a tweet up. It was a picture from the Sky Sports interview after the game um, of Tommy and Sam Bell. Uh, last year's future becomes the present, and yeah, that's a two hundred and thirty-one like. So great to see that that picture. Um, there was a tweet from uh, Doctor Dean. Obviously, a goal that belongs in a different game was the commentator's verdict on Tommy Conway's goal as he comes off the bench to bless a truly awful match. A welcome three points for Bristol City as they ground out a win at Rotherham. It's amazing what having a number nine can do, even though he played as a number 10. Um, I put a message on after many inquiries about where the podcast was. Uh, great reply from Tom to me saying it was because you were uh, needing to <laughs> sober up after your Carlins. Um, and yeah, just a, a lot of people saying congratulations to Andy Vyman for his uh, 200th appearance. But uh, yeah, so that's where we are. Uh, interesting to see what happens tomorrow um, in the Leeds game in terms of starting 11, Matt. I expect Wells to come back in. I expect yep. the same three behind him, if you like. Um, I don't see many other changes, to be honest. Only Tanner, if he's 100% ready to go. Yeah, I think Tanner probably comes back in. Um, Naki comes back in. And as I say, it wouldn't surprise me if... He went Andy Vyman um, for either Sam Bell or Mike Sykes. Okay. Um, yeah, would, wouldn't surprise me. I, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably go with with the same. Um, but yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me. I yeah, think no, need, that's a good need, need, I think we're going to need some pace tomorrow, especially with Luke Kalin right back. We're going to have to try and get behind him. I've got a yeah. lot of Leeds friends up here, and I'm dreading tomorrow and looking forward to it at the same time because it's. Biggest game of the season for me in terms of my friendship circle. So um, yeah. they've all said the same it's, thing. Well, Sam, Sam Bell against Luke Halen is going to be an interesting one. Well, he's he's got a bit of stick. Pace. He's got a bit of stick, Luke Halen, as well, hasn't he? I know a couple of Leeds fans, and they they think he's kind of past his best. Oh, really? Um, Captain, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he is. I think he is. Mm. Um, the other one that, that will be interesting will be Ampadu in midfield. Um, against Jason Knight, Joe Williams, Matty James. He's a, he's a quality, quality player, Ampadu. Um, so that's going to be an interesting battle as well. But um, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to Leeds fearful. Of, uh, yeah, I am, because I'm taking <laughs> you. I'm not going to Leeds fearful as I have been in years gone by. Um, I do think we, we, uh, we've definitely got the ability to get something out of the game. Um, but we're going to have to absolutely be on the top of our game. If we play anything like we've played against Rotherham the other night and you know some some of the patches are playing against Stoke, we could easily lose that game three or four. So they've really got to be on their metal. Um, and if we are, then we can definitely come away with something. What's your um, mystic patch? What's your um, your prediction? Uh, I don't want to make him all the time because then I'll get some wrong. But... I can see us getting a draw. I can see us getting a. I don't think it'd be. I don't think it'd be high scoring because Leeds aren't aren't been very free flowing up there of late in terms no. of their. And a bit QPR one 0 but that's yeah, a kiss so, of death, isn't it? So I'll, I'm going to go one one, um, and I'm going to go City to go in front, and Leeds to equalise, um, and 
I don't think I think we'll score in the first half. Is this getting, it's getting too oh. much now? Yeah, and Christ. the goal will be scored from a corner by Rob Dickey. What minute? <laughs> <laughs> Who's taking the corner? Yeah. 31st minute. Who conceded the corner? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. That's, uh, it's, all, it's all getting very niche. Right, let's leave it there. Um, thanks oh, sorry, very much, Tom. Just, Go on, Tom. Just, uh, just a heads up for Here any... Just a heads up for any away <laughs> fans tomorrow. The Dry Solars pub, which was the closest away pub to the ground, it's now closed down. So I think the best place to go for a drink, if anybody wishes to have a drink, is probably the city centre. And it's about a 40 minute walk. What, just stand on the city centre and have a drink? Yeah, unless you want to stand outside the ground with a few tins of Carlin or other alcohol, which is available at all shops, I'm sure. Yeah, there definitely is other alcohol available. Um, <laughs> I don't. I can't see us having a forty-minute walk, Matt. What's the? I don't know where we're going to go. We'll have to work that out. Patch, you know very well. I will not be walking forty minutes. That'll so, be an 80, 80 minute walk. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll be parking in the car park next to the ground, <laughs> and we will be going in the bar under the concourse. So yeah. There we go, Tom. So we'll see you there. Yeah. Right. Good stuff. Um, hopefully, people are listening to this whilst driving up to Leeds. Um, so yeah, yeah let's uh, let's let's have everything crossed. Uh, if we put in a good shift and leave it all out on the pitch, that's all we can ask for, isn't it? So yeah, and and we know there's again huge travelling support. And although you know it's kind of easy for me to say because I was there and and Tom was there, but huge credit to the fans that did travel the other night um, because. It's not it's not an easy trip, obviously, and knowing as well that we've then got another one mm. um up north um Saturday. So for the I thought um we were chatting to Jerry um before the game, and I think he said it was sort of six hundred-ish um that, that sort of had got tickets. Um I think we've sold out at Leeds. Um, What's that then? How many is that? I don't I don't know. There's only there was only a res- couple of res- thousand, restricted view left, wasn't there? But yeah, I would think so. Um and they always make a really good atmosphere. I mean, it's it's one of those grounds patch that um, you love going to because the history. But as an away fan, it's probably it's probably up there as the worst away experience in the league now. Um, For you know, what I, reason? I, just because I think the stand is old and not very right, good. Okay. Underneath the the facilities aren't very good. It's really really old and tired. God, you're um, not painting a great picture, yeah. Oh, it's not. I honestly, I, I, I'm. Whenever I go to Leeds, I'm always really disappointed because I think of Ellen Road. You see that big home stand, yeah, yeah. Because the cameras all, and you sort of think, oh yeah, what a iconic ground, and it is. And I'm not being too disparaging to Leeds fans. I'm sorry, but, but as an away fan, mm. I think it's dreadful. It's a really dreadful experience. I have been before, but uh, that was blimey, several years ago now. Um, yeah. I haven't got the best memory when it comes to recollection of, of of away trips, unless there's moments. Moments are more memorable for me than facilities, but uh, there we go. Right, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Twitter, X at 3PIAPC. And yeah, come on, your heads. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, See Matt. you tomorrow, Tom. Cheers, chaps. Safe travels. Take care, all. Cheers. <laughs>